0: thank you Jesus come on I want you to put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise this morning thank you God thank you God amen (laughs) all right praise God you can take your seats thank you Jesus well God is good isn't he you all having a good time (laughs) all right thank you jesus well i gotta tell you it is good to be back in the house i missed you guys missed you last week and uh, thank you and it is good to be home this is home praise god good to be with you amen i tell you i was sitting in front of the tv second by second with you guys watching and worshiping as you were and uh, It was as if I was here Uh, It's better to be here. I can assure you Uh, It was great watching and I was with you every second, but boy It's just something different about being together in the house. Isn't there? Amen. Amen Pastor Carlos, I don't know if you can check the air conditioners or something. They, uh, I see people fanning, and uh, I know I'm feeling a little bit warm. Is it warm in the house? It's the glory. It's the glory. What can I tell <laughs> you? All right. Praise God. Well, it's not warm. Okay. I see a few people fanning. Maybe they're waving to me. Hello. <laughs> praise God. I want, to, I want to take care of a few things this morning. I'm going to preach. I'm going to share my heart. I want to talk to you, the church, today as a father would talk to his family. And um, <clears throat> the first thing I want to do is speak about words of honor. This month is Pastor's Appreciation Month. And I would like all of the pastors and the pastor's wives to come on up the front. I want to honor all of the pastors. So that's Pastor Tom and Donna Jar. That's Pastor Steve is here. And if someone could just fetch Pastor Amy, uh, that's Pastor Carlos. And Liz, where is Liz? Can we have Liz come on out the front? she's in route is she okay all right well if I could have all the pastors come on down the front and uh, Donna thank you I think come on up the front up on the platform with me there we go and has anyone fetched pastor Amy is anyone fetching her okay Uh, is she in the nursery She may be in the nursery. I checked uh, Grace and Faith Kids before church started. They told me she was in the nursery. We have launched our kids program. And uh, uh, Grace and Faith Kids is functioning both next door. And Noah's Ark is functioning over here. If you have children that are elementary age, Uh, we've got a phenomenal program I think last week they all got brand new t-shirts with the new uh, uh, logo grace and faith kids on it I believe today they're getting even more giveaways I am so proud of the work that our team does Uh, we have some very very hard workers and well we have a lot of very very hard workers A lot of you are sitting there as very, very hard workers and volunteers in this church, and I appreciate it so much. I'm going to share a couple of scriptures as we're waiting on Pastor Amy to come on down, and uh, I think Pastor Carlos is still looking for her, so as soon as he gets back. But in the meantime, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, this is what the Apostle Paul writes. And yes, I said the Apostle Paul. Some people wonder whether Paul wrote the book to the he, uh, of Hebrews. I, uh, I see a lot of Paulisms in this here passage of Scripture. Uh, and so I firmly believe that Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. But nonetheless, in chapter 13, he says a number of things uh, regarding leadership. And firstly, he says in verse 7, Remember your leaders who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Wow. You know, in everything, we're followers of Jesus Christ. And yet, the Word of God puts a great emphasis on pastors and what their lifestyle should be like. And here... The Apostle Paul says, imitate their faith. <clears throat> Come on down. Here they are. Come on down. We've pulled Pastor Amy out of uh, uh, ministry and uh, just wanted her to join us here for a minute. Imitate their faith. You know, we're called to live our lives as an example. I'm not saying that we do that perfectly every time. But what I am saying is, look at the honor that the Word of God gives to those who have been called into the ministry. Number one, it tells them that to whom much is given, much is required. And we will be held accountable. And, uh, <clears throat> and yet, at the same time, it then exhorts the body of believers... To imitate their faith. Now I know I don't have it on my notes, but verse 17, 18, and 19 uh, goes on and it says uh, to honor them, to respect them, to obey them, to submit to them. And I don't know how easily we could pull up verse 17, 18, and 19, but it goes on to say... Something like I just said. <laughs> I had it on my page earlier and I pulled it out before I sent it to the guys. I thought, no, I need to keep things brief and keep things moving. But nonetheless, that's all right if you don't have it already. But in verse 17, 18, and 19, he goes a step further. He says, obey them, respect them, submit to them as people who must give account of your lives and uh, every one of these pastors has an obligation and that is not to necessarily <clears throat> be the most popular person in your life but the most honest the most caring the most truthful to you and the word of god says honor them and respect them as here we go have confidence in your leaders submit to their authority Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. You know, sometimes we always want to be the guy at the top. Well, in the body of Christ, the guy at the top is the guy who has to wash everybody's feet. That's the way Jesus did it. When we say at the top in the body of Christ, it's not the way the world says it. To get to the top, you kick, you lie, you steal, you cheat you push ahead, and all of those carnal, selfish, ugly qualities come to the front. But in the body of Christ, to lead is to serve. And I thank God for a group of men and women here who serve extraordinarily well. They serve me, they serve you, and uh, I appreciate them so much. I have Donna Jar here, and uh, Liz is in the root, and the reason why I asked for them to be out the front as well is because <clears throat> I grew up in the ministry, and you can't have one member of a marriage in the ministry without the other also paying a price and making a sacrifice. And so, in the case of Liz and in the case of Donna as well, they serve this church in a different way and in a very important way, they share. In these cases, Donna shares her husband and Liz shares Carlos. That means these men come home with a lot more weight on their shoulders and their wife helps to carry it by loving them and being gracious and understanding that there have been heavy things on their heart and heavy things sometimes that are in front of them, things that they have to face. And so I want to honor, and that's why I have Donner out the front, and that's why we've mentioned Liz uh, a couple of times now. But as leaders in the church, they give account for your lives. Pastor Stephen doesn't just lead the worship team. He's constantly monitoring heart attitudes. And what makes the worship so good is not that they practice. It's not the talent. It's the fact that He's monitoring heart attitudes in everyone's heart. I'm so proud of this team. I've never, with this present team, never ever felt any ambitious maneuvering or look at me and when do I get an opportunity. Every one of them are here to worship and serve you by helping to create an atmosphere of worship. Well, Pastor Steve you know, it's his job to pastor them, pastor this ministry so that on Sundays we step into the glory of God. And I appreciate that. Pastor Amy heads up the, the uh, <clears throat> she's a pastor over the nursery and over Grace and Faith Kids. And I got to tell you, uh, I am impressed. I am blessed. I am proud. I am amazed at the diligence that they go through to just keep making it better and better. Sometimes I look at her and I think, kid, you don't know when to rest. (laughs) You could just, you know, slide along for a little bit. But no, they wanted to have a comeback and put a new face on what used to be Kids Connect and is now Grace and Faith Kids, and uh, her and her workers. I I went to go visit the other night, just to catch a quick game of baseball, a part of the World Series. Enough of that, we'll move on. And uh, <laughs> some decisions that are made just aren't good decisions. But anyway, if you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but there's Amy and Nicole, you know, making all these gifts for the kids in uh, Grace and Faith Kids, some really cool stuff. I was half tempted to ask them if I could have one. Uh, <clears throat> but they work so hard in lesson preparation and planning. I'm so proud of uh, Amy and her team, both in the nursery as well as in uh, Grace and Faith Kids. Then we have Pastor Jan. You know, here's a, a lady who I love her. When Jerry was still with us, these are awesome people and uh, constantly praying for the church. You know, <clears throat> I know people turn to Pastor Jan for prayer, and they turn to the intercessors for prayer. And I watch Pastor Jan, you know, she just smiles every time another prayer request is laid at her feet or the church's feet, and I thank God this is a church of prayer. And I watch her pray and intercede for other people. And I know that privately she's also interceding for her own family, her own son. And I think, what a sacrifice. I love you for this. I love you for the fact that you have enough to carry on your own shoulders, but you've agreed to step into the body of Christ and carry the needs of other people. And I I, I truly love you and respect you and admire you for that. Church, it's easy to run to somebody who prays all the time so that they do the praying for you. But you know, who prays for them? I am convinced that as we sow seeds, God will bless us. But nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Jan, I honor you and thank you for the ministry that you carry in this church. It's not always as visible, but my goodness, it is uh, fundamental and foundational to this church. You know, And uh, of course, she pastors people as well, as does Pastor Tom. And uh, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Tom comes with us with previous pastoral experience. And you know, when he first came, and I heard of his previous experience, I want to see how well a man can serve before I hear about how well he can pastor. Because pastoring is about serving. And uh, so Tom and Donna sat in this church for... To maybe going on to three years before I ever acknowledge that gift on their lives because I wanted to see that they would serve your pastor, that they would serve this church above their own desire to be in position, and more importantly, that they would serve God in their attitude and their lifestyle and in their hearts. And uh, I just thank God for, uh, again, a man who's come with. Uh, uh, seasoned abilities, and Pastor Carlos, who he's raised up in this house, you know, he got saved in this house, uh, his diapers got changed in this house, he got spanked in this house, amen, and uh, he, he was among some of the very first who got saved in this church, and uh, he has been extremely faithful, and uh, extremely faithful to me, to the Lord, and to you. And so I thank God, here comes Liz. <clears throat> uh, so I thank God. I wasn't saying, I thank God, here comes Liz. I thank God, and then I saw Liz. <laughs> uh, I, I thank God for them. And, and please don't underestimate uh, the sacrifice that people like Liz and Donna make. They, they are volunteers in their own respect, and they serve around the church. But believe me, my mother drove my father everywhere everywhere and my father was never pastoring without my mother by his side and still did the things of you know that she would do as a wife and as a mom and uh, sometimes people don't realize that the wife or the husband of a pastor is also making a sacrifice to the church and for the church So I want you to honor them right now. Would you stand and give them a round of applause? Come on up. You give it to them. There you go. Amen. I WANT YOU TO REMAIN STANDING, BECAUSE I WANT YOU TO PRAY OVER THEM WITH ME, PRAY A BLESSING OVER THEM, BUT I, I WANT TO SAY THIS, YOU KNOW, WHEN I STARTED PASTORING IN AUSTRALIA, IN AUSTRALIA, YOU KNOW, WE'RE VERY GRASSROOTS KIND OF PEOPLE, AND SO AS AN AMERICAN, I HAD TO LEARN HOW TO BE REAL GRASSROOTSY, AND uh, WE DIDN'T USE THE TITLE PASTOR AT ALL, AND uh, <clears throat> HERE IN AMERICA, TITLES BACK THEN WERE A LOT MORE IMPORTANT, AND THERE'S BEEN A TRANSITION IN the AMERICAN CULTURE, And so titles are becoming less and less important. I've never been a title-orientated type person. My attitude is, if that's what you are, just roll your sleeves up and do the work. Let's not get heady and egotistical about our positions. Um, Look, I have a doctorate. I don't want anyone calling me Dr. Rob. I function in the role of an apostle, don't call me, I'm not asking you, I I, I don't look to be acknowledged in those ways. But I will say this, because of how our culture is going, and we have such a cancel culture, and because respect and honor is disappearing, I'm going to ask all of you to recognize your pastors with the courtesy of calling them pastor honor that. Not because we're into our titles. I'll tell you right now, if I see a person wearing their title like a crown, I'll take it away. Anyone who's been in this church long enough, you know we we just do the work of the ministry. But because of what's happening out there and what out there too often creeps into the body of Christ, I want to encourage you, not for the sake of puffing people up, but for recognizing God gave the position and therefore we honor the father by honoring the ones that he has chosen to serve can I get an amen amen Amen. now I want you we sing this song the blessing song and I love this song and we're gonna read it and we're gonna put the verse up and I want you as a congregation to put your hands towards the pastors And in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26, if we could have that verse up on the screen. I want you to read this and pray this over them. So we're going to be praying it even though we're reading it, okay? Here we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And everyone said, amen, 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 amen. 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 (laughs) You may be seated. Pastors, just stay for a moment. When I uh, ordained Pastor... uh, Steve and Amy and Pastor Tom and Jan and Carlos, before this congregation, I took them through a solemn oath of responsibility that they would help me to build a foundation of righteousness and justice and that they would never show favoritism to family or to friends or to people with money or not. People of the same cultural background or color, but that in everything we would act with justice. Because righteousness and justice is the foundation of a God environment. It's the foundation of His throne. If you want a God environment, you must walk in righteousness, in every way possible do what is right, and in every way possible act justly before the Lord. And so I've given these folk those uh, words of exhortation and called them into this oath. And therefore, today, I think it's only right that we have honored them and blessed them. So as they take their seats one more time, would you put your hands together? Amen. Thank you. God bless you. If it's okay, I'm going to ask the worship team to stay with me. Do we have enough stools? Otherwise, take a seat in the very front, and you'll be more comfortable if you want, because I want to finish with some worship. Um, If you would ask me what's the sermon title today, it's Words of Honor, Words of Thanksgiving, Words of Worship, and finally, Words of Wisdom. I have several words that I want to share this morning. Things that I believe God has put on my heart and I believe are very now and very important. And so uh, I want to talk about words of thanksgiving. As you know, I wasn't here last week and uh, I had a very serious accident. And it was an accident, although in this case I don't doubt that the enemy took great pleasure in uh, smashing my head to the ground, I had a very serious fall. It was an innocent thing. We were working in one of the other suites, and uh, I stumbled and fell backwards and fell flat on the back of my head on the concrete. I heard the lo- loudest crack I've ever heard. The crack and the bang was so hard and so fierce that uh, I honestly thought, as uh, the whole world was violently spinning, and it was violently spinning, I honestly thought, thank you, that uh, my son who was standing next to me, and at this point he's cradling my head in his hands, I honestly, the the thoughts went through my mind, so this is how my life is going to finish. And I wasn't sure if I was actually leaving my body. Everything was very discombobulated and uh, there was a a certain degree of shock. Uh, I'm telling you that I've never had a hit anywhere near that hard on my head. I will say this, that immediately I put my hand on my head and I just started to shout, Jesus, Jesus. In fact, I did it so loudly, and I'm not ashamed of this, that our tenant, who's in the front of suite A, she sells insurance. She came running to the back. It's, it's 100 feet with walls and doors in between. And she came to the back and yelled out, what's going on? Is everything okay? And my son, as I'm holding my head and shouting, Jesus, uh, just let her know that I had fallen and had hit my head. Um, immediately there was a numbness around my head, and I couldn't tell if it was pressure building or just numbness. I was not familiar with that kind of pain. I kept shouting Jesus, and the second thing I did was I grabbed my phone, and I dialed Pastor Carlos, and I said, Quickly, I want you to activate the prayer chain and get the church praying. That's how serious it was to me. I've been hit pretty hard. I've played Aussie rules football. Uh, It's pretty rough. We don't use any padding, and it's a pretty rough game. I've played baseball. I've been hit in many different ways. Um, This was a hard hit. This was a very hard hit, and I knew that I needed God's help. And uh, the third thing I did was I told my son to drive me to the ER uh, because I wanted to make sure there was an internal bleeding in my head. The whole time I continued to hold my head and I just continued to say, Jesus, from here back my head started to swell. And uh, it had risen on the surface of my uh, head and it had come to a huge lump in the back. And um, to be honest with you, when my son was holding me, I honestly thought that the back of my head had cracked like an egg from the impact that was so hard and from the cracking sound that I heard. Fortunately, I wasn't even bleeding on the outside. When they finally did brain scans and x-rays of my shoulder, I hit so hard uh, I couldn't stand up. Without bracing my shoulder, I couldn't open my mouth. My jaw felt like it was dislocated. Uh, Things just weren't sitting right, and my neck was as stiff as anything. Uh, When they did brain uh, head uh, scans, again, everything was spinning as I went to lay down. There's a verse that comes to me that is near and dear to me, and I'm preaching. I'm sharing a word of thanksgiving, but I'm preaching. If we can put up Psalm 121, this is what David says. And I want this to be the automatic response of Rob Scarallo. And on Friday, a week ago, it was. And I want to encourage you with these words. David says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. And uh, amen. And I can honestly say that my immediate response was to look to the hills from whence my help comes from, the mountain of the Lord. And uh, after they came back with the results of all the x-rays and uh, the, the head scans, the doctor examined my head, saw that it was black and blue on the top, uh, and uh, that it was quite swollen. And he says, well, you don't have a, a skull fracture. You don't have any fractures in your shoulders. Um, <clears throat> he said, you don't even have any internal bleeding, but you are concussed. I will say that even this morning, I'm still a little lightheaded, and every once in a while I feel myself swaying a bit, and it's not to the music. Um, But God protected me. Amen. Amen. Without a question. I want to show you a picture of my left shoulder. If we can just throw, there was quite a bit of black and blue. It's yellow at this point. And uh, that wasn't the major hit. What really hit and hit hard was my head. I think I chipped the bone in my elbow because all I have to do is rest on it and I'll see stars. But I'm going to tell you that Friday night when they released me, we talked about prescription drugs. They warned me that the next day I would be in a lot of pain. They said, anything you feel now, you will feel far worse tomorrow. Um, All I had was numbness. My scalp was tingly. And uh, they said, we don't want to give you prescription drugs because we want you to be very aware of any changes that might take place during the day tomorrow at which you should come back to the hospital quickly. They said, we would give you uh, muscle relaxants for your shoulder, but, you know, we're half and half about that for the same reason. We want you to be fully cognizant. When I went home Friday night, probably after settling down and sitting in the couch, maybe an hour after I got home, I put my hand gently on my head, and while the scalp was tender, all of the swelling had disappeared. Completely. 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 I mean... There was a lump slightly smaller than my fist on the back of my head. Now, if you have kids, they bang their heads. That that egg on their noggin doesn't go away after a day. It's there for several days. And there was a massive lump on the back of my head. And I can tell you honestly, before God, totally disappeared. The next morning I had taken no- they told me I could take Tylenol. I took nothing. The next morning, I woke up. I could lift my arm above my shoulder without any effort whatsoever, no pain and since I fell Friday, the doctor was amazed that I did not split my head open and have bleeding. He was shocked at when he looked at the swelling and the black and blue. I can tell you honestly before God that I have not had one headache, no throbbing, no pressure, absolutely nothing. I have been on no medication whatsoever. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And I know that's the power of God. I thank you for your prayers. I thank God that this is a church that prays. The leaders pray, the people pray. It's a church of faith. It's a church that believes in the character and the goodness of God. And um, I went to uh, see my doctor several days later, uh, as was recommended to me, a follow-up visit. And they, he, he looked at me, and I told him the story. He knows I'm always getting miracles he doesn't understand me. <laughs> he, he told me one time he even tried it. He cracked a tooth. He had a cracked tooth and was chewing on a nut. And suddenly he saw stars. And he said, Jesus. And he said instantly the pain went away. He said, I don't understand this stuff, but it worked. I tried it. <laughs> Every time I go see him, I look for an opportunity to witness and uh, always be prepared to share your faith. And uh, I said to him, Doc, I said, what I'm going to say isn't believable, but I know you're going to believe it because you have history with me. He has seen me things that I, literally, literally once he, he had turned white in front of me. His eyes got big as he was dealing with a wound on my shoulder. At that time, I had diabetes. I've been healed of diabetes. I am allergic to a lot of different types of penicillin, and uh, I don't remember the name of the infection that I got, but it's very serious, and usually only copper-based or sulfur-based penicillins will knock it out. And he turned white in front of me when the prognosis came back from the lab and he's treating it. I said, doc, what's the matter? I said, you look worried. He said, I am. He said, I don't know how we're going to treat this infection. I said, don't worry about it. God's got me. And the thing cleared up within a day or two. You know, when there was a change of health insurance, I lost him as my doctor. And four or five years later, maybe seven years later, I finally managed to be able to go back to him. I said, Do you remember me? He said, How can I not remember you? And he starts listing all the things that I've been healed of. <laughs> so I told him, I said, Doc, since I fell, I've said I've not had one Tylenol, nothing, no throbbing. I'm not trying to be macho. God did a miracle. I heard this ungodly crack, expected my brains literally to be in my son's hands. I mean, I don't know how all that stuff works, but it was an ungodly crack. I said, Doc, I haven't taken any medication. There's no swelling, no um, throbbing, no pain, nothing. I said... "Um, I said, do you think maybe the dizziness is just, you know, those little rocks in your ears that get displaced, and once in a while you get dizzy like that. And he looks at him, he goes, no, you have a concussion. (laughs) And uh, yet he didn't doubt any of the stories that I told him because of his history with me. And uh, church, what am I saying? Faith isn't a formula. Faith is a relationship. Look, I understand not everyone's had a good father relationship. And I'm sorry if you haven't had a good father relationship. I, I pray that you get healed of that soon, quickly, so that you could see God as your daddy. To me, he, he, <laughs> he's better than God. He's my dad. He is more my dad than my natural dad. And I love my natural dad. But I was born of him. I'm spirit of his spirit. And my daddy happens to be the creator of the universe. And let me explain faith to you because it's really simple. Faith is knowing that your daddy would never do anything bad to you. And he only ever wants to do good things. And when the enemy tries to do bad to you. He will be there to protect you, to love you, and to keep you, and to save you. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 And having said that, I want to say, I wrote down, faith is about knowing God as that one person who will never do you harm and will always have your best interest at heart. That's the best description I can give for faith. Because faith isn't a formula. It's a relationship. It's knowing the heart and the character of God. And so I want to say these words to you in lieu of the days that we're living in. Fear not. Why would I say fear not? Because we're not living in great times. We are entering a time where people's will either grow stronger in faith or they will grow colder in faith. To those of you that are watching me by live stream, understand we've been living in a pandemic. I get it. I had coronavirus. Up until this last doctor visit, I still doubted that I ever got corona. I did all the uh, quarantining. I preached on a Saturday night via video. And then you guys came to church and watched the video for two weeks. I did everything I needed to do to make sure I was looking after you. I obeyed the law of the land, but I stood in faith. And I got to tell you, I doubted I had it. Uh, My symptoms were nothing. I would have considered myself high risk. In the past, until this last year, uh, when allergy seasons came along, I would have allergies for a minimum five to eight months. My chest is the first thing that would get affected, and I would develop this most ungodly cough that I would cough so deeply and so prolonged that I actually had to have x-rays because when I'd start coughing Sound would get dimmer and dimmer, and my eyes would start to blur out, and I would become so lightheaded, and uh, that's how severe for years, and my family were a bit concerned that during the coronavirus, uh, God forbid, that I should get it. Well, I got it, and uh, I could have had a picnic every day of the week. I got up and preached on Saturday nights when no one was here and was full of energy, Full of uh, excitement and enthusiasm. So while I was at the doctor for this second checkup, uh, you know, after the hospital and the concussion, I said, well, if you're going to take my blood for, uh, to check my thyroid count, I said, I want an antibodies test taken because I'm still convinced I didn't get it. Well, it came back, I'm full of antibodies, so I'm untouchable, hallelujah. <laughs> And uh, they tried to take my blood. They had to stab me five times and still couldn't get my blood. I wouldn't even bleed afterwards. I said, I have the power of an indestructible life. (laughs) So they sent me to a clinic after five pricks. I still had to go to a clinic and give blood, but the results came back. I have the antibody, so I did have corona. Don't be afraid. Listen, every sickness and every disease comes out of the pits of hell. And I'm telling you, Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. You're the church. If Christ is in you, you are the church. That's why it's so important for us to know who we are in Jesus Christ. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I once was a sinner, I got saved by grace, but today I am a son of God, I am a co-heir with Jesus Christ, I am given authority and power through the word of God, and demons will bow at the name of Jesus when I say so. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God has given us power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Miracles are normal for God. They're his normal. And therefore live expecting to walk in miracles. It's not about... You, it's about him, it's about Jesus, and what Jesus did, and therefore we are. Hello? It's about what Jesus did, therefore we are. I am a son of God because I've been redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. We are living in difficult times. And I want to encourage you, and I'm going to say to everyone by live stream, I'm not about shaming people who's got enough faith to be here and who doesn't. That's, that's foolish. That's carnal. I'll get to that in a moment. But I am going to say this. The enemy whipped up this pandemic, and I don't doubt that it came out of China. I don't doubt that at all. But that's irrelevant, too, because before it ever came out of China, it came out of the belly of hell and out of the minds of demons. And that's where we can defeat it. We can defeat it no matter what level it's on. Don't live in fear. Live in confidence in who God is. Live in confidence in the relationship that he has with you. I don't even live in confidence in the relationship I have with him because sometimes I screw up my end of the relationship. But he's faithful. He's faithful. Come on, church. He is faithful. And I live in the confidence of who holds the other side of this relationship. He's the covenant maker and the covenant keeper. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Last two Sundays ago, something extraordinary happened here. Uh... Dr. Tom Renfro is visiting with us, and Sid, his wife. We had Bible college graduation Thursday earlier in the week. We had activation, and uh, the students were moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Very powerful. You know, when Saul, King Saul came into the company of the prophets, all the prophets were prophesying, and he started to prophesy. He had never prophesied before. When you come under that anointing, the heavens are open to another degree. And Saul benefited and started to operate on a level he never touched again. He could have if he had gone after it, if he understood. But when he came into the company of the prophets, he started to see and to say prophetically as they were accustomed to doing. Well, Thursday night, we had activation here in the church, and there was 100% accuracy. I was so proud of the students. They were calling people out by word of knowledge and then prophesying over people as well. People were getting healed. It was incredible, and it set a layup for Sunday morning. The atmosphere was just buzzing in the spirit realm. And Sunday morning, during the worship, at the last part of worship at the end of the service, I suddenly heard a shofar. That's, you know, a ram's horn, as used many times in some Christian circles and Hebrew culture. And, but it was perfect. There was no... It was perfect. And it wasn't blaringly loud and obnoxious. It blended perfectly. And I'm looking around the room because I have never heard anyone play a, a shofar well they can make noise it's not always a joyful noise and I'm looking around the room where is this coming from and I turned to pastor Sid and I said Sid do you hear horns and she starts listening and her eyes got big she said yes I announced that Sunday when we were worshiping at the end I went up to the piano here and Izzy was behind the keyboards and I wanted to ask Izzy before I made an announcement to you, do you have the synthesizer on? I wanted to make sure that what I was going to say was factual. And I'm calling Izzy, and he's there. He, he's out of it, man. He's just lost in the spirit. Didn't hear me, didn't see me. Came back to the pulpit. I announced what happened. Tuesday night I came to music practice to talk to the musicians and to thank them musicians, they're worshipers. The singers, the leaders, the the musicians, they're worshipers, they're priests. And I came here to thank them and encourage them, listen, let's keep this about Jesus. It's not about us. I love the fact you guys have got such a good heart. I said, out of curiosity, did anyone else hear anything? And Pastor Steve said to me, Dad, he said, I, I was on the guitar and A moment came where I stood back, and I'm hearing sounds that I know we don't make. Okay, where's Pastor Steve? Stand up. Is that correct, Steve? Absolutely? Yeah. He heard sounds that musically he knows doesn't come from this team. And then Juliet said, I heard wind instruments. She said, and I looked at Izzy to see if he had wind instruments, which we never use, on the synthesizer, she said, and the movement of his hands were not hitting the notes I was hearing. I thought that was pretty cool. And then Kim was telling us how, uh, you know, she spent a number of years at uh, IHOP, International House of Prayer, and they would pray six, seven, eight hours a day. And at times, gold would start to appear on their hands glitter of gold and she would wipe it off and Sunday during the worship a little bit of gold started to appear on her hands. So Wednesday night I go to Bible college year two students and I told them everything that I heard from the worship team on the night before and I asked the students did anyone hear anything and uh, they said well we didn't two or three, if you are here and you are one of those people, would you stand? Who was it told me they heard voices? Who was it? Colleen? I thought it was Colleen. And Donna Johnson? Was there a third person? All right. Now, I'm going to ask you to stay standing. Because this is important to me. I want my words always to be accurate. I'm not into exaggeration or lying. The truth is good enough by itself. So, Am I correct in saying that I heard, I think, from both of you, you didn't hear instruments or horns, you heard tons of people, so much so you were looking around a room to see where all the voices were coming from. Is that correct? Is that correct? That's incredible. They heard angelic voices filling in. Heaven came down and joined worship with us. Incredible. Thank you. Incredible. And then I I, I go to year three and I ask them and I find out after class, Bonnie, while we're having that worship, uh, saw a vision. And she was raised up above the map of the USA. She didn't see state borderlines, just the USA. And she saw a white glorious cloud coming up over Florida, filling Florida, and then filling the whole of the USA, and she understood. While she's seeing it, she was yelling out in the worship, I can see it, I can see it, I can see it. And she's telling me on Thursday that she had this vision, and she knew in her heart it represented revival. I shared it with the prayer team uh, either Thursday morning or Friday. Uh, I don't remember if it was before you shared your story or... Afterwards, if it was after, it would have been Friday if it was before it was Thursday morning. And Danielle Pollard, who's away on vacation at the moment, her husband Michael usually plays drums. By the way, isn't Kim doing a great job on the drums? Good on you, buddy. She said, was someone getting delivered during the worship? She said, I saw you turn to Pastor Sid. At that moment, I heard. A loud scream, like a terrified scream. Was someone being delivered? I said, not that I'm aware of. And, um, uh, but obviously she was hearing in the spirit realm. People were hearing and seeing things in the spirit. And what she was hearing was the, the fear of demons of a church breaking through to another level. Supernatural things are happening. Supernatural things are happening. And it was only a matter of uh, days later, that Friday is when my head went crashing to the ground. And I know accidents happen. But I'm sure demons took joy in that. But even in that, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. We had a miracle even in that. Amen. And so I want to encourage you. Let's run after God. For heaven to join our worship, and I've, I've experienced this before, and I've watched videos of other churches and people testifying of these uh, phenomenal situations. This is real. I know that I heard. Let's put it this way. These are not people who are liars. And if they want to lie, they'll just jump on to the same story and say, no, I heard what you heard no people are hearing different things and they're ethical people they're responsible people uh, they're not looking for fame or glory and it all happened in the same service the spirit of God the kingdom of God heaven joined with us in our worship and it tells me that God is wanting to move amongst us and I consider that a tremendous honor and a privilege and so I I appeal to all of you as a church, let's recognize the season we're in. Let's recognize what time it is in the Spirit, and let's run after God. Because I believe that soon we won't just look to the mountains, the mountains will be upon us. And the glory and the power of God going to break out in this place. It's already happening. It's already here. Miraculous things are happening. And uh, in fact, one of the ladies in our church, Gina Faulkner, had been sharing with me how members of her family were actually having visitations, angelic and uh, one a visit with Jesus. Look, the supernatural didn't end. God is supernatural. The supernatural did not end. It's with us. And when God moves, he moves supernaturally. And these things are to be expected. The prophet Joel said in the last days. I want to know those churches that are labeled as cessationists. They don't believe the gifts are for today. I want to know what are they going to do when the prophet Joel said in the last days. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will see visions. They will dream dreams. These things were never meant to disappear. They disappear because we get busy with the world rather than being busy about God. Can I get an amen? Absolutely. And so the Holy Spirit has been visiting. He is here in the midst of us. And I want to encourage you, let's push in and run after God. It isn't done. We barely barely got just a slight breath of his breath on us let's run after god and allow his glory to just break out in our services can i get an amen Amen. go on you can give the lord a praise offering Pastor Stephen, can you get me a, a bottle of water, please? And the last thing I want to share is very, very important also. This is election week. No, I'm not going to go. This is not about trying to tell you to go and vote. You should vote. It's important. But what's more important than that is what I want to share with you right now. Thank you. I'll take the cold. Words of wisdom. And here's my words of wisdom concised down to one sentence. Don't gloat and don't mope. I'll explain in a minute, but I think you're getting it. Don't gloat and don't mope. Don't gloat if your candidate wins. Pray. Because whoever wins, the gates of hell can prevail against either party, the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. They don't have the power to push back demons. They don't have the power to push back hell. In fact, they're mere men and women And many of them don't even live victoriously in their own personal lives. The government of America is not the answer to America. The government of Jesus Christ is the answer to America. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. So if your party wins, don't gloat. Pray. Pray. Because they are mere men and women, and there's enough corruption on both sides. And I am not saying that to create an anti-government attitude. We are not of those who become rebellious. We are those who become humbled that we've been redeemed. And we pray and intercede that the whole world might know him as well. Can I get an amen? If your candidate doesn't win, don't mope. All the more, turn to God and pray. Tell him how much America really needs him. We are so polarized that if your candidate doesn't win, you are absolutely convinced America needs God's help. Well, use it this week. If your candidate doesn't win, use that impetus to cry out to God and say, God, we need your help. Can I get an agreement? Tell them how much America really needs him. It's not well-intentioned, but man-made government that we need. It's God that we need. And our help comes from the Lord. Amen. The principle of love trumps every other principle. That is not meant to be a play on words. The principle of love trumps every other principle. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, If I speak In tongues of men. I pray that you all pray in tongues. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, that's the gift of wisdom, and have all knowledge, that's the gift of words of knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. You see, the principle of love trumps gifts. The devil can operate in distorted gifts. What makes a gift genuine is the genuine love of God. Amen. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship so I can boast, but don't have love, I gain nothing. Now listen. Love is patient and it's kind. Your candidate won, don't gloat. Love is kind, it's not envious, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others. It's not self seeking and it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. If you're operating in love, you want to protect how the other person might feel. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And the last verse that I will read on this last word, which is a word of wisdom is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. The apostle Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, he's talking to you, as a prisoner, do you know that you are a prisoner for the Lord? You're not in bondage. You are a prisoner. You are captivated by him, and you have been set free. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Unity is more important. We're the church. What America needs is the church. As we're getting ready for election results, they're calling on the security guards and extra protection to be in various cities and different places where they expect that there might be violent outbreaks look at me every one of you look at me this is where you decide whether or not you really believe you're a christian and that all this jesus stuff really is under your belt and you've got this power or you don't have this power because right now, the United States of America is about to face, potentially, tumultuous times. And you and I have authority in the spirit realm to tell those spirits of anger, those spirits of rebellion, the spirits of, ang- uh, uh, of angst, to shut up, to back off, and to go back to hell where they belong. Some governments might defund the police, but don't let the gates of hell defund the church of Jesus Christ. I thank God for men and women who serve in the natural to protect us. But don't be misguided. You have access to a power that is far greater than the power that they have. We command legions of demons and we have the authority in Jesus' name to bind them and to silence them. Yeah. Jesus said when, he, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the church that the enemy has been judged, sentenced, and condemned. You know what his condemnation is? That at the name of Jesus, he's got to fall to the ground like a paralyzed uh, demon. And he must bow and he must hover and he must crawl at the name of Jesus. In fact, the word of God says that it is ordained that even praise on the lips of a child will bring a demon to his knees. Amen. Amen. We have more authority than your election privilege gives you. Vote. You're an American. Love this country. Honor it. Be grateful for what you have. Make a God-filled, God-inspired decision when you vote. But don't expect your vote to be the thing that changes America. Cry out to God in humility. Cry out to God in faith. Cry out to God in confidence. What America needs is a move of the Holy Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? And as many of you that have said amen, then pray and fast as the Spirit of God leads you. And let's believe God that there will be a takeover in this nation of the Holy Spirit kind. Hallelujah. I believe I am who he says I am. I believe you are who he says you are. But I can't believe that for you when you're in the corner with the enemy. You've got to be able to believe it. I'll teach it. I'll preach it. I'll even spray it. When I preach, I'll spit it out as far as I can. You're not going to get the coronavirus from me. You're going to get the Holy Ghost virus. Amen. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. There is despair in fear and there is fight and victory in faith. Hallelujah. Don't live in fear. We are not those who shrink back. That's what Paul says in the book of Hebrews. We are not of those who shrink back. Ah! Uh-uh. It's getting tough out there. It's getting loud out there. It's getting scary out there. Let the sons of God stand up and make themselves known. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. In Jesus' name. WE HAVE THE VICTORY! Stay standing. I'm going to finish this verse. You see, we are a two-party nation. We are a two-party nation. That automatically will bring division. Listen to the finish of this passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one hope. Every one of us, irrespective of our political opinions, we have been called to one hope, to one body, And to one Spirit, to one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Hear me. The enemy wants to use the pandemic to scare Christians from coming to church. And some, God forbid, are getting cold and out of the habit not condemning anyone who's home. Just make sure you're not of those who are growing cold. And don't let the politics of this nation divide us. Two Sundays ago, heaven came down and saw fit to worship together with us. Don't let the opinions and the ideologies of well intentioned men get us arguing and uh, uh, in disunity with each other. Don't gloat and don't mope, but let's rise up as the church of Jesus Christ because America needs us more than ever before. Amen. We are one body. And if we stay united in the Holy Ghost, then we will pray with awesome power. Both Peter and Paul say to husbands and wives, settle disputes among you quickly. Don't you know that it will hinder your prayers? Disunity will hinder your prayers. I forbid any arguments or gloating to take place in this church at somebody else's expense at the end of this election. I forbid it. We are first and foremost Citizens of heaven. And we are here to do our father's business and not to act like the people of the world. I remember hearing years ago, Billy Graham was asked if he would ever choose to run to be the president of the United States of America. And he said, why would I ever step down from a higher position? Know who you are. Know it in your gut. Know it in your heart. I believe that hard times are ahead, but I believe that the victory is in us. Christ in us, the hope of victory, the hope of glory, the hope, of healing, the hope of miracles, the hope of revival. And with that, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back because we're going to close in worship. And by the way, not bad for somebody who's supposed to be concussed. We are not of those who shrink back. There's a fight. Let's run to the rumble in the Holy Ghost. We don't fight like mere men. We fight with spiritual power and authority. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. We're still going to take the offering. <laughs> they're reminding me, they're holding them up we will take the offering in fact ushers as we worship would you come down right now as much as your pastor gets carried away with the word I will trust you not to carry away the tithes and offerings bring them to him and honor him amen thank you ushers thank you
1: worship at the beginning of the service,
0: um, I just wrote down a song that came to me and says,
1: blow like the wind, refresh like the rain, burn like a fire, and open the graves. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And then Pastor Bob just came like the fire. <laughs> so I was, it was very fitting, so hopefully one day God will allow us to complete that.
0: Sons of God to stand up in the heavens in your authority all across our nation in every form of media liberal or conservative there's talk of potential riots and anarchy and police action this is why we're here it's one of the reasons why we are here we command the gates of hell. I want you to stand with me as we pray, but I don't want you to just stand. Where do you stand when you stand? Do you understand you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? You and I take our place as co-heirs with the Son of God. We are heirs and we are co-heirs with Jesus. We stand on the edge of the universe and we command the will of our Father. Regardless of who wins and who loses, it is not the will of God for anarchy to be in the streets. It is not the will of God for buildings to be demolished, looted, and burned, or for people to die. And therefore, on this grounds, we can all come into agreement. And I want you to pray. And I want you to command the powers of darkness who are under your feet that they're going to stay silent in our community. They will stay silent in our Tampa City Bay. And they will stay silent in the state of Florida. And they will stay silent across the United States of America. I am confident, as I have preached so many times, Only to find out pastors all across the states preach the same thing that I preached that morning. I am confident that other men of God are standing in their pulpits today leading their congregation to pray and bind the forces of darkness. We are not alone! So raise your voice with me in agreement and take your own stand in Jesus. Not in the arrogance of self, but in Jesus. And agree with me. and Speak out and rebuke the spirit of division and turmoil. Father, we come before you now as one body, one church. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for saving us. Father, we take on the mantle of authority that your Son, Jesus Christ, has given to us. We thank you, Father, it is by His doing and your doing that we are seated in heavenly places this morning. We have not earned that position. We have not climbed that ladder, but you have graciously placed us there. Now, with the authority that you have given us, And with the power of heaven behind us. We come against the gates of hell. We come against the agents of darkness. We come against the spirits of division and anarchy and conflict and rebellion. And as sons of the Most High God, covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, we take the authority of heaven against you. And we bind the spirit of trouble. We bind the spirit of rebellion. We bind the spirit of looting. We bind the spirit of murder. We bind the spirit of rebellion. In the name of Jesus, we bind the forces of hell by the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, you said what we bind in the heavens will be bound on the earth. And so we speak to the sons of men. And in the Spirit, we release you, Holy Ghost, to get into their thinking and to get into their hearts, to bring a calm and to bring a peace. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You have the power to blow one breath and it go around the whole world. I thank you now. Breathe over the citizens of earth. Breathe over the sons of men. Breathe over those that live in this nation. And bring a holy peace and a settling. Let the the news departments be amazed at how peacefully things went. Come Holy Spirit. Now, even more important than that, breathe the winds of revival that will cause men and women to return to Jesus Christ. God, let there be visions even amongst the unsaved. Let there be dreams. Let them have encounters with Jesus Christ. Let there be angelic apparitions, but not of the demonic, but of your holy kind. Amen. Holy Spirit, these are the last days. So we expect to hear of miraculous things. Invade the lives of the saved and the unsaved. Appear, speak, appoint. Send agents to minister. Father, I thank you that we are living in a very holy time. A special time. I thank you that the heavens around us are open to your throne I thank you that miracles will continue to happen and men and women in this congregation will continue to see in your Holy Spirit hear in your Holy Spirit and speak in your Holy Spirit I thank you God for many many outpourings of your spirit across this nation and we declare hell You can't stop it. In Jesus' name, we unleash the rivers of heaven. I thank you, Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father. We are in agreement with your Son and your Word. Let revival rain down. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen, and amen. Now listen to me. I want you to go out of your way. Because of where America's at, and because of what's about to happen this week, we're not gonna be people who give offense. And we're not gonna be people who take offense. And so I want you deliberately At your comfort level, whether you do it with your elbow, don't go for my elbow, (laughs) or you want to do it with a fist, or you give each other permission a hug, I deliberately want to encourage the spirit of unity amongst us. We must fight to keep the unity of the spirit of God. Can I get an amen? So greet each other, however you feel led. Step out of your seat and greet each other in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a blessed week in Jesus' name.